All right. Uh, we are getting ready to wrap up our series through the book of Proverbs this summer, uh, Wisdom for Life. Uh, we have a selection uh, this morning beginning in Proverbs 15. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Cindy. Well, it's good to be back here with you uh, teaching God's Word today. Uh, the last two weeks, we had Joey from Sunset Church and Will from Epic Church guest speaking, which I am so grateful for because that allowed... Uh, my family to get away for a little bit, which is, which, you know, is not a bad thing. Um, but I'm also excited that it gave you, gave us together as a church family, a peek into some of the rich relationships and partnerships that God has gifted us with since the very beginning of our story. Um, ever since the very beginning, actually, before we even, you know, when this was all still just an idea, uh, God has given us outside uh, church partnerships and friends who have made it possible for us to do any of this financially. Uh, relationally, in terms of coaching, um, and Will and Joey just represent a small portion of that, uh, these churches either in the Bay Area or across the U.S., so I was glad that they got to share God's Word uh, with us. Uh, with that in mind, and with the Scripture in front of us, uh, let's pray. I want to pray for, for God to uh, open this up to us, but also uh, to thank Him for, for these churches. Father, thank You for uh, Sunset Church. Thank You for uh, Epic Church, two churches that have just uh, been a part of this story and this, the gift they have been. You know, Pastor Ben uh, up there at Epic, even being on our board, and just all the churches in the Bay Area and across the U.S. who have just been an incredible, uh, tangible and intangible gift to us. Lord, we, we ask for your favor upon them. Would you bless them? And Father, we ask that you would bless them, not just for their own sake, but that you bless them, that through them they would continue to be a blessing to many others. Others like us, either in terms of other churches that are starting or just uh, folks, uh, ministries, organizations in their communities. Uh, Lord, would you bless them. And Father, we pray that we would be a church uh, one day, even as we're just getting up and going, getting ready to celebrate our, our third uh, anniversary, our third birthday coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Lord, we long to be a church that not just, uh, quote-unquote, makes it, you know, becomes self-sustaining on, on our own right, but a church that is pouring into this community and the community around us. Lord, we long to see and be a part of new churches that start up, either in the Bay Area or around the country, even around the world. Uh, but, Father, only you can do that, so we ask that you would. And then, Father, now as we uh, open up your word and we try to seek to understand it, Lord, would you give us your spirit? We ask that you would open these things, make them clear to us. I pray that the words I speak would be more yours and less of mine. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, as Cindy mentioned, we are nearing the conclusion of our summer series, looking through the book of Proverbs, uh, this series that we've been calling Wisdom for Life. And the topic we are considering today is the topic of listening. We're going to be talk talking about the topic of listening. A couple weeks back, if you were here, we talked about the topic of talking, of speaking. Uh, today, we're going to kind of flip the coin and look at it from the perspective of listening. 
Um, I, didn't, I, I, I find it not coincidental that this, these last couple of weeks I've been reading two books that both were not about listening, but both really emphasized the importance of listening. One book was called uh, Crucial Conversations. Now, that's a book about communication, but it's all about uh, communicating well, specifically crafting words when the stakes are high in conversation, when emotions are running high. How do we craft words to communicate well? The other book I was reading was a book on leadership, and uh, had nothing to do with you know listening or anything like that. But Peter Drucker, who was who was writing this, uh, paused at one point and said, "You know what? We've been talking about leadership. We've been talking about these practices in terms of where to focus your time as a leader, how to run meetings productively, just list after list of things that he's been talking about." And as I conclude, you know, this writing, can I just say, can I just really emphasize to my readers that listening is absolutely critical in all of this? And then he stops. Nothing more on listening. Uh, listening is an incredibly important skill for us to understand, for us to consider. But here's the thing. Books like Peter Drucker talking about leadership will say things like, hey, it's about listening, and then not really give us that much more. Where do we go to find and get better at listening? Google. Okay, aside from that, where can we go to get good, uh, get, understand listening, this, uh, this critical of all things that just permeates all of life, does it not? All relationships, either in the workplace or at home, how can we get better at listening? Well, as we'll see today, the book of Proverbs has much to say about listening in terms of understanding its importance and uh, becoming better listeners. So we're going to be looking at three uh, qualities that make good listeners, okay? We've already prayed, so we're just going to jump right in. The first quality that makes a good listener, we see, is good listeners are slow to respond. Uh, look at Proverbs 18, 13 that was, that was read moments ago. Uh, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. To answer before listening, is, uh, that is folly and shame. So that's to say, answering before we listen can be folly and shame. Folly because what we uh, might be quick to say could be wrong or misguided. Uh, it could bring shame because what we might be quick to say could end up not representing us all that well, representing us poorly. Uh, when we were in China a number of years ago, Sydney purchased for me a Kindle, which I was really excited about because English books were hard to come by over there. And so what I did with the Kindle, I wonder if all of you guys have done this too, if you've ever had one of these things, is I perused the free section. What can I read? And looked at all these books and ended up reading all these books I never otherwise would have read, except for Kindle's free store. Uh, one of those books that I read I never otherwise would have probably read was uh, The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Any of you guys, any other of you guys read that book because it's in the Kindle Free Store? I saw a couple of nods. Um, so I read that book, and it was, it's fascinating because Benjamin Franklin's life is just really interesting in and, in and of itself. Uh, by the way, the, this autobiography only really covers his earlier life, not a lot of the, you know, the, the invention period and all that sort of stuff that he's doing later. But what he captures really well in this uh, autobiography of his is this kind of character transformation that happens within himself. So, for instance, when he was a little guy, well, little guy, when he was a young man, so it was like early, mid-20s, uh, he wound up getting invited to these well-to-do gatherings of movers and shakers, influencers, that he would just go and he'd show up. And in his arrogance, he would, you know, uh, concede in his later years, in his arrogance, he'd walk into the room and say, and, and feel about himself that he was the smartest person in the room, which if you read about his life and you know about his life, you can quickly gather that, yeah, he probably was, if not the smartest, way up there of the people in the room. So he'd go in there thinking, I'm one of the smartest, if not the smartest. Actually, he thought he was the smartest person in the room. And whenever people were talking about opinions or just sharing different thoughts, he would respond with, no, 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 I know this to be true. 
or I understand this, or I know, no, you need to understand this. And so he was processing this in his autobiography, and he said, you know what, I realized that was really foolish. Like, it was really foolish. Like, I just, I, I had a number of incidences where I went into one of these gatherings, and I would think that I was right. I was convinced that I was right, only to find out that I was wrong. And boy, that was not good. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And so he said he had to learn to develop new language habits. For instance, he had to learn to not say, I know this to be true, but even when he was absolutely convinced that to say things like, it seems to me that this is true. But even more importantly, and to our point today, he was convinced, he began from that point in his life and, and onward, that he just needed to learn to listen to people, to just fully and most presently in the moment hear what others had to say, because oftentimes they would say things that he hadn't picked up before, or maybe he had missed, or, or whatever it might have been. He just realized he had to learn to listen better. Um, Good listeners are slow to respond. Uh, Proverbs 18.2 puts it this way, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Uh, This one hit me between the chest this week as I was thinking about this for myself in preparation for today. Um, You know what I realized? It's really easy for me. I wonder if this is true of you. It's really easy for me to listen, not for the sake of understanding, but for the sake of replying. You you following that? So it's really easy for me to listen in order not to understand the person, but in order to give my reply. So, you know, someone's speaking with me, and I'm I'm hearing them. You ever been there where you're like, yeah, 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 I hear you, I hear you. Here's what I have to say. Um, uh, This proverb says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I realize that if I'm just listening not to understand, but in order to reply, I'm not really listening. Um, good listeners are slow to respond. Uh, I came across a quote uh, this week that I thought was really interesting. For those of you that, if this helps this thought stick for you, all the, all the better. But uh, uh, someone once said, we do well to notice the word listen contains the same letters as the word silent. Uh, isn't that interesting? Um, for some of us, maybe this is the big takeaway today to recognize that we need to learn to listen. That maybe when we are listening, we're not really listening to understand. We're listening just to reply or just to share our thoughts. That's not really listening. How are you at listening? Or the real kicker of a question, how would two or three of those closest to you answer that question about you? About how good you are at at being slow uh, to respond. Uh, Number two, good listeners are teachable. Look at Proverbs 15, verses 31 through 33. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. So good listeners are teachable. First, what we see here is that they heed life-giving correction. That is, when it comes their way, life-giving correction, they listen to it. They take it to heart. They don't just dismiss it outright, but they actually weigh it carefully, thoughtfully. They are teachable. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, a leadership consultant and a uh, a New York Times bestselling author, wrote uh, in in one of his uh, big books, uh, The Ideal Team Player, about essential virtues that we need to recognize and cultivate in order to be good 
ideal team players, okay? Good in the workplace. Now, it's really interesting, spoiler alert if you haven't read the book, at the end he kind of concedes, you know what, we've been talking about the workplace, but really these virtues are good for all of life, you know, all of life's relationships. But what are some of the, what, what's one of these essential virtues that he talks about? He says, actually, the greatest of all these virtues that we need to cultivate to be ideal team players, to be good people in relationships, is the virtue of humility. Uh, the ideal team player is humble. Uh, that is to say that they don't assume they always know best, or that they know better, uh, or to use our wording, it's to say that they are teachable. They listen. And maybe even more importantly, when life-giving correction comes their way, or maybe feedback comes their way, they are able to listen. Um, but what we also see from these verse, verses is not just that the wise or good listeners uh, heed life-giving correction. It says that they actually go a step further, verse 33 of chapter 15, and seek it out in the form of instruction. Uh, they seek out wisdom. They seek out insight. Uh, they seek out instruction. In fact, Lencioni talks about this in his book as well. Another key virtue, he talks about being an ideal team player or, or just person in relationship, is not just the virtue of humility, but also the virtue of being hungry. What's that mean? Other than the tacos we're going to eat if you come to the lunch, welcome lunch. Uh, he talks about being hungry in the sense of wanting to learn, of course, wanting to be better, wanting to make an organization better, make relationships that they are in better. Uh, listen to Proverbs 16, 16, when it says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Keep in mind, this is one of the wisest people to ever walk the face of this earth, King Solomon writing these words, who is also very well-to-do, very rich. And he's saying, look, I've had it all. I've had all the riches. I've had all the influence. I've had all the power. But you want to know what's really worth going after more than any of that? It's wisdom. It's insight. It's be, and you need to be able to listen to that. Uh, so let me ask you the question. How teachable are you? Uh, how teachable are you when things come your way? When life instruction comes your way or when feedback comes your way, how well do you listen? And how would two or three closest to you say you are at listening to life's corrections? Um, how well do you listen in these ways at home versus at work? Because it seems to me often the places where it's hard for us to listen in these ways, it's hard for us, hardest for us to be teachable is with the people who know us the best, the people we're closest to, roommates, spouses, or otherwise. Um, and is this something you pursue to be teachable, to seek out uh, growing in this area? So good listeners are slow to respond. Good listeners are teachable. And then finally, good listeners practice what I'll call active listening. Uh, look at Proverbs 20, verse 5. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Uh, I love the ocean. I love all things to do with water. Ever since my parents would take me out uh, and my family out, uh, my brothers and sisters out on the uh, coast waters of California, uh, we'd be out there where you can't even see land. It was really exciting as it was really scary at times being on this little itty-bitty 20-foot boat where you can't see anything uh, but just the, the vast ocean. Uh, loved it. Uh, the ocean and the, the deep waters are a beautiful thing. Uh, they, they are, there's, there is power there. Uh, there's also a great sense of mystery there. You can see quite a bit down, but you have no idea what's all the way down there uh, at any given point. 
so what's Solomon saying when, here when he says the words of the mouth are deep waters? He's not saying everything coming out of our mouths has, has hidden meaning. Okay? What he is seeming, it seems, it, saying, it seems to me, is that oftentimes when we are speaking or someone is speaking to us, they might be saying something on the surface that's being articulated, but underneath there's a whole depth that's, under, that's just there waiting to come out. Uh, and from my, only, my, my humble perspective, it seems that often we can speak in such a way where here are the words coming out, and maybe, yeah, we do know what uh, all of this is that we want to share underneath the surface that we just need to get to, but more often than not, it's like we're saying these words, and we don't realize that there's all this depth of uh, information or uh, feeling, emotion uh, underneath the surface. Uh, what Solomon is saying is the, the wise will coax that out of the other. We'll, 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 we'll bring it out. And I can't help but think that the way that we do that practically is by asking questions, uh, asking good questions, respectful uh, 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 questions that are perceptive and open-ended to gently probe beneath the surface. Uh, it probably also watches for nonverbal communication, but it asks questions, not to interrogate or to pry, but to gently tug out what the speaker might be feeling underneath the surface. Uh, through, and they do that through questions. Um, have you ever, do you know anybody in your life who's really good at this? Really good at asking questions? Maybe someone is just kind of, just able to pull out of uh, others just things that you would just otherwise not have perceived on your own. Um, there's people who are just naturally gifted at this, but I think there's also, even those people, but all the rest of us realize that this is actually a discipline that can be learned as well. Um, how could you get better at this? How could you get better at, at helping people understand what's in there, the depths of their heart, and drawing it out? Um, there's, there's different ways we can do that. You can ask people who are good at that. Ask how they draw it out. So people that you know do this well. With those that you are in relationship with, you can ask, hey, how can I do a better job of helping you process these things, whatever it might mean? Uh, good listeners are slow to respond. Good listeners are teachable. Good listeners are active listeners. Uh, here's what I love about all of this. The best part about all of this is it reflects the big story of the Bible. We've been talking about listening and the benefits of listening, and sure, there are many things here that we've just talked about that will benefit you and me in our relationships as we practice, as we get better at listening, but the best part of all of this that we've been talking about listening is that it reflects the gospel. It reflects what this is all about, and uh, no, there's no better way to consider this in my, uh, from my perspective than to consider Jesus. Because Jesus was known while he walked this earth as being one of the best teachers uh, ever. But you know what he was also really good at? He's really good at listening. I actually uh, did a little bit of a study this week. I, you, you might find this interesting to do on your own time. Um, I didn't do a deep dive. I just did a little bit. But I, I looked into how many questions Jesus asked during his ministry. Across the, the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, you want to guess how many questions he asked? This great teacher, like how many questions he asked people, like just to just kind of get at things? Uh, now, there's any number of ways to measure this because, for instance, you know, there's redundancy across the gospels in terms of questions he asked. And, okay, so you can count different ways. But according to one measure, he asked a little over 300 questions. Now, think about how many questions he was asked, great teacher that he was. 
By that same measure, he was asked just over half that amount. Which means, for every question Jesus was asked to teach, he asked two questions, almost. He was just constantly asking questions. Now, here's the, 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 the question. Why? Because this reflects what he came to do. This is the gospel. The gospel, the good news, ultimately, that Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. That's what the cross is all about. Him setting aside his own self-interest, setting aside his own life for the sake of giving us life. He died on the cross for our sin, as the Bible puts it, for our, our flaws, which, by the way, includes all the ways in which we don't listen all that well. He died for all that, that we can have life in his name, a restored relationship with God. That's what listening is in a, to a smaller degree. It's laying aside our self-interest. What's, what's important to us in pausing and saying, you know what, I, I want to value and care for what you have to say, and I want to listen to that. Uh, isn't that interesting? And by the way, isn't that easy? I mean, we could, this is no hyperbole, I think, we could, we could impact someone's life in an incredibly positive, profound way today by just stopping and listening. And think about how much we have to do to, to have that impact. You know, consider it this way. If we just move the needle on this ever so forward, you know, and become, becoming better listeners that we talked about today, think of the impact we could have, you know, in our relationships Think about the impact we could have in our church. Think about the impacts we could have in society if we would just listen. If we would just listen. Um, and it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, we need to consider listening. It is, it is a gift. It is a ministry. It is a way in which we can love, serve, and care for others. Does it help us? Does it help our own relationships? Sure. But the best thing is it allows us to partner with God doing the very things he calls us to, and that is loving others. And we do that by listening. Uh, let me conclude with this uh, really uh, powerful quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Christian pastor and martyr who stood up against Nazi Germany. Here's how he put this. He said, The first service, the first service that one owes to others in fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but he also lends us his ear. So it is his work that we do for our brother when we learn to listen to him. Christians so often think they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. Many people are looking for an ear that will listen. How can you listen today? How can you listen this week, uh, ministering to others, laying aside our own needs in, in the, in the, for the hope of following Jesus and loving others in this way? Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you that we can come to you now and you are listening to us. We don't often pause and reflect as followers of yours of how, how precious of a gift that is. That here and now you, you lend an ear to us. You listen to us. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross to make this even possible. How he lived and died for us. How he modeled listening for us. 
Would you please help us learn to love and care for those you've put into our lives by listening? Forgive us for all the ways that we, we don't do this as we ought, but we thank you in advance for helping us listen to others. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.